Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hmm. <laughs> I almost couldn't get through that whole sentence <laughs> without without laughing and I don't I don't I don't even know why. Um I have been <laughs> it's currently like 11 p.m. after what may just be one of the longest most intense intensely exhausting and amazing days of my entire life. And I've been sitting here, uh, <laughs> actually, I have a podcast prepared for this week because um, I'm currently at Path of Love in Sweden, Path of Love process or Path of Love retreat. Uh, I've spoken about it, I think, a couple of times on the podcast, but you might not have any idea what I'm talking about. I'm going to share a little bit more, but I'm assisting this retreat here. I'm, I'm down here for nine days. Uh, the retreat is seven days, but this is, yeah, I'm, I'm down here for nine days. It's it's in Motala, this small town in Sweden. And I have this other podcast prepared for this week because I knew I was not going to have any time to sit down and record. And I just, I really had no idea what was going to unfold for me this weekend. And just, you know, I had to kind of be prepared. So I have another podcast prepared. And um, it's 11 p.m. And I sat down just now just to record the ads for this show. And then... <laughs> like the mic is all set up and all my equipment is set up and I'm in this quiet room and the baby's sleeping and Dennis is watching The Office. <laughs> and I've been sitting in front of the mic for like 10 minutes contemplating, like, should I record a podcast last minute <laughs> and have it, you know, be real time and super genuine and from the heart uh, instead of something, you know, like an interview or something that's pre-recorded. And it, it took me 10 whole minutes to press the play button because that's how tired I am. <laughs> oh my God. I, I can't even, man, oh man. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad I did because this also gives me a, a really good chance to process. And um, last week we had, I had Cheryl Strait on the show and I was already, I was already here at Path of Love um, when that podcast was released. I feel like I've been here for months. Seriously, I feel like I've been here forever. 
Um, and I, I just, I, I haven't had my phone. I don't have my phone all day. Just a little moment before I go to bed at night, I can like check messages and stuff. Um, so even just kind of talking about, like I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast with Cheryl. Having Cheryl straight on the show is, uh, I can't even explain to you. Cheryl is, is a huge, huge role model of mine. Uh, one of my favorite authors. Um, having her on the show is just a dream come true. So the fact that I released that podcast, I wasn't able to listen to the podcast. I, I wasn't able to even like check in with anybody. Like, did you guys listen to that episode? It's just like the most amazing person ever to come on the show. Holy shit. Um, I have no idea. I just kind of uploaded like podcast is out with Cheryl. Okay, bye. And then uh, that was it. <laughs> and uh, my assistant wrote me like, hey, you fucked up that Instagram post. I never fuck up Instagram posts. Um, and I just left it like that because it's just, it's so intense over here. Oh my God. It's fucking crazy. Everything is crazy. Um, I don't know where to start. I, I, okay, let's start with what the fork is path of love. <laughs> That's a pretty good place to start. Um, I have shared in previous episodes, I honestly, off the top of my head, uh, like middle of the night, the way I'm sitting right now, I can't remember which episode, but I have spoken about it before. Um, I did Path of Love. Path of Love is a, is a, it's super hard to explain. It's a process slash a therapeutic retreat slash a meditation retreat slash a healing group slash, um, this totally transformational life changing thing. Um, and the thing about Path of Love is there's very little marketing. Path of Love, they, they don't do, the only marketing, I, I think, that they do is word of mouth. So people that have gone through the retreat or done the process, um, have, have their lives changed, and then they start talking about it with other people, and then they go, and then that's kind of how it goes. Um, so there's, there's very little marketing done. You probably haven't heard of it unless you know someone who's been, or unless you remember me talking about it on the podcast before. Um and uh, the, the other thing about Path of Love is uh, it's it's totally secret and confidential. <laughs> um, everything we do is is you know you're not allowed to talk about it, so it's, it makes for a really hard sell. <laughs> like for my own retreats or my own groups, um, that can also be you know absolutely are totally life changing, and oh, we build community in this amazing way, and it's oh, it's really it's so fucking beautiful. And then people have their life changed and something, you know, find a major shift or a breakthrough in their lives. And then they go home and they're like, wait, so what happened to this retreat? Um, and the, the, these people will be able to tell you everything like, oh, okay, so we have like three or four hour yoga sessions in the morning. And then we do sharing circles and we journal on stuff. And then we do sessions on this. And then, um, we go to the beach or we do like, we went sailing or we went hiking and we did this and then we eat together and, you know, like they can kind of tell you the whole schedule and everything we do because nothing is a secret aside from, you know, the intimate things that other people might share with you. Um, but for path of love, everything is a secret. Um, nobody, <laughs> uh, you have to really make a really serious vow to, to not share anything about the structure, uh, or the, the contents of what happens in this week. Uh, so <laughs> it's really hard thing to be like, Oh my God, I did this thing. It's called a path of love. Totally changed my life. And someone is like, wait, so what is it? Yeah, I can't tell you. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's a, uh, so I find that the people that, that come here, um, what, what you are allowed to share is you're allowed to share your own process. So any epiphanies, realizations, breakthroughs, shifts that you have in your own self um, and anything about your own personal path and kind of those that, that major 
you know, the, the movement that happens within your own heart. You can share that, everything about your own process, but you can't talk about like the, the sessions or the, the schedule or the structure or the actual things that we do. And the reason that is, is because um, Path of Love is everything is 100% in the moment. It's just this kind of giant leap of faith, this huge step into the unknown. And when you know what's going to happen beforehand or when you think you know, you know, your mind will kind of create this idea of what's ahead um, it, it will sort of create this false sense of expectation uh, of something that you really can't expect at all. Uh, and it's, it's so much about being completely present in your body about, you know, releasing emotions that might've been stuck in your body your whole life. It's working through trauma and, and hardship and, and pain, um, figuring out things out about our personality and patterns that we've picked up along the way that maybe aren't fully, you know, who we are at our core. It's just really massive stuff. So, uh, to really get there and be immersed and be present, that element of, not surprise, but that element of spontaneity, (laughs) is that a word? Oh my God, can someone keep track of (laughs) all the words I say in podcasts that I don't know how to pronounce exactly? That would be great, thanks. Um, (laughs) No, so yeah, that level of presence is needed. And then if you have this idea of, oh, I kind of, I, I know they did that thing and that sounds crazy, you know, you're going to show up with a little more hesitation and and not, you know, immerse yourself as fully or be ready for anything. And that's kind of what Path of Love is, is being ready for anything. Plus, some of the things we do here are fucking insane. So, <laughs> um, in the best possible way. Um, so, I this is also kind of why I was like contemplating this podcast now, because, of course, I have a lot of movement inside of me and things um, that I can share about this week for me. Um, but I don't want to, you know... I think for a regular person that staffs or assists or participates in a path of love, the people they talk to are kind of their family and friends at home, you know, your, your closest surroundings. They don't sit and talk to <laughs> like a million people on a podcast. So I want to be just really cautious and, and careful that I don't, um, yeah, that I don't, that I don't say too much, but so, um, <laughs> Uh, the, the beautiful thing about a path of love is that the the, the staff that holds space for the group or the people that are here um, completely on their own will, um, you know, everybody who staffs here, no one is paid to be here, but everybody pays their own way and you, you have to get a hotel room and pay for food and all that stuff. Uh, and everybody, there, there's as many or more people that staff and assist uh, process than people that actually participate. Um, there to hold the space and to um, to create a completely safe and trusting place for the participants to 100% relax into. Um, and I am here uh, staffing, actually I'm here assisting, which is kind of the next step. Um, uh, people that staff do, you know, a little more logistical stuff and, you know, kind of making all the, making everything work in a day in terms of food and, and cleaning and yeah, lots, lots of other responsibilities. Um, and then there are the assistants that assist the facilitators that do the actual, um, therapeutic work. Um, and then there are the leaders of the, of the process that are the ones, you know, um, guiding the way and, and leading the entire group, everyone together. And I, this week, have been assisting uh, Talib, who has been both the leader of the entire uh, process and also a facilitator for one of the groups within the group. Um, Talib and Shuba, I, th- I think I've mentioned maybe Shuba in one of the podcasts. Shuba is uh, one of my dear friends and teacher. She's she was my my personal teacher in my own my own uh, path of love process. Her husband Talib, they do really amazing work um, together. 
Uh, and <laughs> we have some super exciting stuff in the works for next year. So we're, we're good friends. And um, together with Shuba, I'm, I'm creating a new sort of group or a new sort of retreat at Island Yoga. Um, for a long time, I've been, oh, you guys know already, I'm, for years I've been moving away from this traditional old idea of what, what yoga is. Um, and you know, for every year that passes, we, what we practice has less and less to do with asana and more and more to do with, um, with healing the heart, you know, that's, that's in, in, yeah, to simplify, that's, that's what it's all about. So Shuba and I are planning some healing the heart retreats next year that will be really different from, um, from kind of the regular yoga type retreats that I, that I normally do, where it's really about diving into quite serious inner process. So anybody who, um, yeah, who might be working through trauma, uh, who's gone through something really serious, really intense, maybe you feel stuck in your life or uh, moving through heartbreak or heartache or, um, yeah, you can, I'm not going to sit here and, and pitch that right now because that's not what this podcast is about. Uh, we haven't actually released the retreats yet, but on yogagirl.com, you can find them under retreats. Um, I think we'll open them any moment now. But because we are doing all that work together and when I was working with Shuba and, and, you know, our babies are born on the same day, which is super crazy. Uh, we've just been trying to find a way to work together for a really long time and being here at Path of Love to, to assist Talib and Shuba here, uh, has been a really big part of that pro in that process because <sighs> it, it was such an interesting thing for me when I did my Path of Love process, this was 2016 in May. Um, and Shuba was my facilitator. And uh, while I was in this really deep process of healing, which of course, any process of healing always involves some sort of upheaval, like you have to pull your roots out of the ground and shake things up and it's painful as fuck. And while I was in that process, you know, completely, there was a side of me that was kind of like the the, the facilitator hat, my the, 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 the coach, the, the teacher that was kind of from the outside looking in, just looking at how she works with people. And I was completely blown away. Um, and it's just, I'm like, man, this is what I do already. The way she works with people, it's already what I do, except she does it on a level that's way deeper um, and able, you know, it, to hold a container like this with this kind of trust. It just, it requires a different setup than, than what we do. Um, but man, like I, I can see myself in her doing this work. And on the very last day of, of my process, I, I, I walked up to her and I was like, Hey, like, I'm going to do what you do. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stand up there and I'm, I'm going to be the one doing what you do. Like, this is, this is my calling. Like, this is my next step. This is my, oh, and I'd been really looking for that, you know, wanting to be more than, yeah, more than, more than a yoga teacher, quote unquote, um, more than yoga girl, wanting yoga girl to become something bigger, um, wanting to take my own, you know, path into a deeper place. And this has, you know, since then, I mean, that was May 2016, this has been my goal. So I'm sort of in, in training with Shuba and Talib for this very specific, really amazing work that, that I truly feel like I was born to do. And I wish I could explain more in detail, but oh, it's, it's really, okay. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, I'm, I can title this podcast like Epiphanies from Path of Love. You, you guys know I love the word epiphany. It's my favorite word. And to share that, I have to share a little bit about, about the last, um, when I did my own process or my own retreat, 
which was 2016, and I was feeling a little bit lost. I was solid in so many ways. It wasn't like I was, you know, moving through something major and something crazy. Because normally, when we find ourselves in those, you know, reaching for those kinds of intense things, like a big, you know, healing type, life changing, transformative. Challenging. It's really challenging to do that type of work. Um, usually, we don't reach for that when everything is just fine and dandy. But we reach for that in darker moments in life, where we need some help or some support, or resources and tools to, you know, to get ourselves to a lighter place. And I wasn't in that that deep dark place at all. I was, um, I was feeling really solid. Like we were doing really well. Uh, we had just been, we had just started constructing island yoga. We had these huge plans. Everything was flowing. Everything was great between me and Dennis. Um, I, I wasn't in a bad place. Uh, for me, attending Path of Love, it's something that I wanted to do for almost 10 years. I had almost a decade of, of trying to make it to Path of Love. It was, it's been this, this place of healing, kind of like, like I did ayahuasca, uh, what also like a decade ago, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and I said uh, after I did ayahuasca the first time, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna do this like, every five or ten years for the rest of my life. Like every five or ten years, more than that would be too much. Like every five or ten years." And now I've been approaching that ten year mark for a while, so I have it in the back of my head. Like oh, the next time I'm approached, or the next time Mama Ayahuasca, you know arrives or someone holds space for that or offers that in my life, I'm going to go for it because, you know, it's, it's, it's the 10 year mark is coming and I, I feel, I feel ready for it. And with Path of Love, it's been this sort of similar thing where, you know, I know it's something I really want to do. I know it's something I've just had this really strong feeling in my whole, like oh, in my whole body that it's going to be something major and something truly life-changing for me. And what I've always said is, uh, I don't want to have any babies. I don't want to become a mother until I am as whole as I can possibly be before taking that step. And I knew that doing the path of love process was a part of that, of that, of me becoming whole in that sense. So, <laughs> you know, and every year I kept pushing it for whatever reason, like, oh, we're too busy or we have too many retreats or too many things going on, or it's too expensive, or I had a different excuse every year. And twice I even booked it, but then didn't pay and then ended up not going. And all of a sudden, like everything was just fine. And I was just, you know what, you know, I, I like I saw, I, I get the newsletters, I saw the newsletter come in. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna book it. Like, fuck it. And I told, told Dennis, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Like it's, it's, it's a week and it's, you're completely silent. You can't have your phone. You're not communicating with the outside world. And which for me is a big deal to just cut myself off from this very intense yeah, thing. I, I mean, we all have that going on. Um, and, 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 you know, it was uh, so completely life-changing for me. And one of the biggest epiphanies that I walked away with was, <laughs> Um, I was able to to heal a wound that I've been carrying for a really long time related to my mother. Um, or I don't know, the, the idea of like, oh, I've healed that. It's, it's, it's so subjective and it's so like this abstract thing to say. I think healing is a process and it's, it's a, you know, oh, Cheryl said it on the last week's podcast. Healing is not an end destination, right? It's, it's the journey and it's something that we walk with our entire lives. And we all want to arrive to that place of like checking off the, you know, checking it off the, the list kind of oh, done with that. I've healed now. And of course, that's not the case. But it's this big wound that I have with my mom in terms of abandonment and um, struggling a lot my entire life with feeling completely scared for her safety, always wondering if my mom is going to 
Uh, you know, she's been depressed and suicidal off and on for my whole life, um, feeling really responsible for her life and feeling constantly worried, uh, wondering, is she okay or is she not? And that's been a really heavy burden to to carry. And it's affected me in, you know, in way, way more ways than I could ever explain. And also in ways I wasn't aware of at all. Kind of how I show up for myself in, in different ways or don't show up for myself in different ways. And I was able to... Oh, I had some such such amazing realizations that was just you know really shook the earth I was I stood on, and with that with that the healing of that or, or entering that deep healing process of of that big wound with my mom, came this very very subtle hmm like knowing of oh I can become a mom now <laughs> because my fear was always ah oh, I don't want to have a daughter or have a a child and have all this unsolved stuff it's like I'm in our, in our, uh, I guess in our family, I think in every family, but I, in my own lineage, every generation, you know, comes along with this heavy, heavy backpack of pain and this heavy backpack of mental health problems and alcoholism and, you know, depression. Oh, it's a huge thing in my family from, you know, generations and generations back and also abuse and uh, neglect and just really heavy, heavy stuff. And then every generation kind of shows up and they come with that backpack of, of heavy stuff. And how the fuck do you raise a child <laughs> in a whole way if you're not whole yourself? It's not possible. That, that's just what it is. You know, we, 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 we do what we know. We give what we know. We will raise our children in the way that we were raised. Um, you know, consciously or unconsciously. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you, if you were abused when you were little, it doesn't mean you're going to grow up and abuse your kids. But there are those very important senses of of grounding in life, right? So if you grew up and you, you suffered through abuse, for instance, um, probably you have, you know, a, a wound of, of mistrust that, that sits really close to your heart of, of maybe not being able to fully relax into yourself or in, in your home or in your family, not knowing, you know, if there's violence there or um, there's, there's, there's a big piece there. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to grow up and you're going to abuse your kids, but that feeling of not trusting maybe, or maybe that feeling of not being safe is going to show up in different ways in, in all of, all of our relationships. And of course that, and it might manifest as something completely opposite, right? We might grow up and have kids and become really overprotective with them, or maybe even overbearing or really nervous about something happening to them. You know, so it doesn't have to manifest as something huge and traumatic and really, really, really challenging, but it's going to be there, you know. Um, everything that comes our way that we haven't had the resources to work through, it stays. That's just, that's just what it is. Um, you know, the body absorbs trauma. The nervous system um, can remain in shock for, for decades, for a lifetime if we've suffered through something really intense, really awful, and we haven't had the means to, to work through it or the support to work through it or the, you know, the, the time, the money, the ability, the, the safe space to actually lean into it. Um, and go back into that place of pain because that's what that's what we have to do. You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Just like putting good food in your body, meditating and getting physical exercise, solid sleep is an important part of a healthy life. 
Are you factoring healthy sleep habits into your lifestyle? Parachute believes you should start and end your day feeling your very best. Let me tell you more about Parachute. They make modern bedding and bath essentials for a more comfortable home. They only use the finest materials, 100% long staple Egyptian cotton for their percalin sateen, pure European flax for their linen, and 100% Turkish cotton for their towels. With smart, simple, and unique designs, Parachute will make any room feel crisp and clean. Designed in Venice Beach and responsibly manufactured by expert craftspeople around the globe, Parachute products surpass the highest criteria for testing of harmful chemicals and synthetics. But not only that, somehow Parachute's products only get softer and softer every time they are washed. I sleep even better knowing that my purchase is helping a variety of incredible causes. Returned items are donated to Habitat for Humanity and Parachute is committed to helping animals too. Ringo can usually be found on my bed, but for every dog bed purchased, they donate a percentage of sales to a foster-based shelter located in Los Angeles. I dream of a world where everyone gets enough food in their bellies and has a safe, cozy place to sleep at night. Create that place for yourself with Parachute. Visit parachutehome.com slash yogagirl for free shipping and returns on Parachute's very comfortable bedding and bath linens. That's parachutehome.com slash yogagirl for free shipping and returns on Parachute's bedding and bath linens. They offer a 60-day trial, so if you don't love it, just send it back. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all-natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So for me, when I started, you know, healing that, that stuff and I started feeling really all of a sudden really safe in my own body and really... Mm, started feeling like my own person, like my purpose in life. What if it's not to rescue my mom? <laughs> Which, of course, you know, in on this, uh, on the level of my mind and my intelligence, and of course, I know that that's not my life's purpose. But I've had it so ingrained. It's been this part of my. It's been this backbone, kind of, that no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's happening in my life, I have this big, big, big part of my energy always directed at my mom, wondering, is she okay? Bending over backwards to make sure she's okay. And sometimes, you know, separating completely because I'm so fucking exhausted of her not being okay. <laughs> you know, it's this dance that, uh, that I do. 
And once I, those pieces fell into place for the first time in my whole life, and I've done so much work with this, but, but that path of love was really the moment everything clicked into place. It came along, it was almost this little bonus that happened along with that healing was, oh, I can be a mother now. (laughs) And Dennis and I, we were not trying for a baby. We were not, you know, what I thought in the, in the sense, you know, ready for a baby. Um, But I came home and I, you know, poured my heart out and told him everything that had moved inside of me. And, you know, it was this huge, huge, huge day that we had together where it was just, I was like, we were meeting each other for the first time again. Uh, And I said, I was like, you know what? Like, I think, I think now, you know, I think, I think probably I I could be a mom. And what I thought was, you know, in a couple years, we'll do that. It's not like, you know, I, I realized, oh, I could do it. (laughs) It was that, that feeling. Um, and then of course we had this big, very romantic <laughs> reuniting again after not having seen each other for a couple of weeks. Um, and that was the day I got pregnant. <laughs> so life works in mysterious ways and sometimes in blatantly obvious ways. <laughs> so literally that was just, that was, a, that was our, that was Leah Luna's conception. It was just totally, totally so fucking beautiful. And the first person I told about the pregnancy after Dennis, the first person before anybody else was Shuba. Um, because she was such an intricate, important piece. Um, you know, this huge teacher um, and this huge kind of... She held the space for me to arrive at that at that place, right? So she, I mean, I will always remember her as a part of um, as a part of, of, of me becoming a mother. She's a really big part of that story. And I told her and she was jumping up and down with joy and oh my God, and that's crazy and holy shit. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, it was this really huge moment. And then I think two weeks later, like really, really shortly after that, she calls me and she was like, guess what? <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm pregnant. <laughs> So she was pregnant too. And we had the same fucking due date <laughs> during the first weeks or the first months of pregnancy. Her, her due date was adjusted after that and mine a little bit too. Uh, so it didn't end up being the same due date in the end, but our first trimester, our first kind of weeks of pregnancy, we had the same due date. Can you believe that? I mean, it was just oh, totally, totally wild and totally crazy. And uh, in the end, she ended up being, I can't remember if I was was due five days before her or she was due five days after me. I, I can't remember. Um, but I was so late. You know, I was two weeks late uh, or 42 weeks pregnant. And uh, the babies ended up being born on the same day, four hours apart. <laughs> Which is just such a, oh, such a beautiful thing. And, you know, after I did Path of Love, I was so, oh, I'm going to staff now immediately in September. And then I'm going to do this thing in Brazil in January. And, and I had all these plans like, okay, I'm on the path now. I'm going to become uh, this type of healer. I'm going to become this type of therapist. I'm going to do this work. I'm going to weave it into my own work at the studio. And I'm going to combine yoga and meditation with this, you know, my way uh, to, to create this totally new channel, this new vessel for healing in a major way. But to get there, I have so much to learn. And I was so excited about that. And I started signing up for all these courses and all these, you know, other retreats. And after you've done the Path of Love process, you can staff it immediately. So I booked all these things. And then another course, a one-year course on how to work with people specifically. Um, And then, of course, you know, I got pregnant. (laughs) So none of that really worked out the way I immediately wanted. Of course, it didn't. 
Um, so yeah, so I couldn't go on staff and I couldn't attend the next path of love and I couldn't, uh, that, uh, the one year course I wanted to do, we actually, oh, we had Airbnbs, we had everything booked and paid and ended up losing some money because I had to cancel. I, I, I was crazy thinking I was going to do that with a newborn baby. Um, I just, I just, you know, I had no idea. <laughs> I, I think of myself now like pregnant Rachel, <laughs> what I thought it would be like to care for an infant. It was a little, little bit different than what I had expected. But I thought, you know, I would kind of hold the baby in one arm and then uh, become a therapist <laughs> at the same time while nursing. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that, that didn't happen. And now, you know, all of a sudden, it's been two years since, two years and a couple of months um, since I did Path of Love. And now here I am in forking Mutala, Sweden of all places, um, just about to finish um, my second Path of Love, assisting. So not just, you know, staffing, but actually assisting, which is even a further, a deeper step than that. Um, assisting Shuba and Talib. And they have little Jai here, little Jai, uh, their son, who is of course the exact same age as Leah Luna, uh, you know, born four hours, four hours apart. And they have met a bunch of times, but, um, you know, like a couple hours here and there and a play date when we're in Sweden and stuff like that. And here having them, you know, for the week here together to play and really be with each other. It's, it's full circle. I mean, it's really, really full circle. It's so beautiful to see. And they have such fun personalities. It's kind of crazy. So Jai is like fairly, he's a little bit shy and he's really calm and <laughs> really chill and and Lea Luna is not <laughs> at all. Um, and he's so fascinated with her. He just, he wants to hold her hand all the time or touch her all the time. And she's not into that. And she has this really beautiful, amazing, oh, she's so assertive already, this little being. It's kind of crazy. So they always like, wherever we are in a room, they run up to a wall and they stand leaning against the wall, kind of looking at each other. And then he reaches for her hand and she takes his hand and she pushes it away and she says no <laughs> but with this really strong like no <laughs> she's super assertive and I, oh, I, I love it so much and it's been <laughs> it's been such a joy doing this here with them and Dennis is here too and he's never done a path of love so he's in he's a little bit out of his element but it's been beautiful and and so trusting and just all everything has just worked out so wonderfully and without, you know, sharing what we have done during these seven days, tomorrow is the last day. And we go from really early in the morning to really late at night. As I said, it was 11 o'clock when I started recording. I had just literally, you know, finished my day. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, the amount of energy that's spent doing this, the amount of time and the hard work. I mean, it's really, really, really intense. Um, is doesn't even matter compared to how much my cup is filled just being here. And that's a really strong thing for me to say. It really, really is. And my, my own retreats at Island Yoga, I love them so much. And we have a huge staff and huge, you know, support team there uh, for the groups. And what I have been longing for over the past, over the course of the past year is more support in the actual room. And, you know, I have, I have Jess, my assistant on the floor, who's amazing. I mean, anyone who's been at Island Yoga, who's had an assist, assist by Jess or um, been supported in class by Jess, it's the most, I mean, she's amazing. 
but uh, you know, we have 50, 55 people in our groups. Uh, and it's, it's me and one assistant, sometimes two. And here, you know, there's 30 people attending and there's like 35 or 40 assistants here. So one of, uh, one of the really big uh, epiphanies for me, one of the first ones was I need to ask for more help. And I, oh, it used to be so hard for me to say that. I don't know why. It used to be really hard for me to ask for help. It used to be, I used to always feel like I have to do everything on my own and asking for help is like a weakness. And, you know, it was always hard for me. And now I just, I feel so much joy saying those words. I need to ask for more support. I need more help. Oh, of course I need more help. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Leading all these groups and trainings and I'm basically on my own. Yeah, I am on my own. I mean, oh, for sure. In our trainings, one of the three weeks, we have Laura Hyman, who you guys all know which is beautiful, um, you know, but as the leader of the group and, and the person holding the space, I'm, 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 it's pretty lonely and there's a lot of responsibility, you know, it's, it's, uh, and it doesn't weigh heavy on me because, um, it's more that the feeling leading up to the group that I can feel kind of oh, a little bit nervous and cause it's not just, okay, let's show everybody a really great time. No, you know, people, um, they changed their whole lives to make space to come to Aruba and do this group with me. It's not just this light kind of little yoga vacation we do and we hang out on the beach and then we go home. Like, no, it's, it's deep and intense work and people come because they're moving through stuff. I mean, yeah, because they're looking for something. So the, the pressure that I sometimes feel, and maybe I put it there myself and maybe it's not really like that, but, um, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, this week, I have one week to change the lives of 55 people. Like, here we go. <laughs> it's not, a, not an easy task and it's not a, not a little bit of responsibility. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. There are so many dog food companies out there that all claim to use natural ingredients. But what kind of all natural ingredient can sit on a shelf for years? We can't eat highly processed foods for every meal and be healthy, and neither can our dogs. The healthiest food for your dog is real, fresh, unprocessed foods. I've been trying healthier options for my own dogs, like Aquila and Ringo. So I'd like to introduce to you the Farmer's Dog, the company helping dogs live longer and healthier lives with fresh, ready-to-serve meals delivered directly to your door. Over the years, clever marketing has convinced pet owners to feed unhealthy and highly processed kibble to their pets. But the farmer's dog has said no more to this false advertising. If your pup is ready to give this all-natural fresh food a try, just complete a short questionnaire on the farmer's dog website. A vet-developed meal plan will be created to fit your dog's exact nutritional needs. The food arrives at your door in pre-portioned packs, ready to open and pour. It's easy and it looks and smells like real food because it is real food. Food matters. In fact, studies show that even adding fresh food to your dog's diet can reduce cancer risks by 90%. Our dogs are a part of our family and they deserve the best. So give that to them with the farmer's dog. Start feeding your dog better today. Get 50% off of your two-week trial of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash yoga girl. Plus you get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash yoga girl to get 50% off of your first two weeks. That's thefarmersdog.com slash yoga girl. Um, so what I have immediately started asking for from day one, just kind of seeing this process from the other side, from the, with the eyes of an assistant, from, you know, yeah, kind of all the logistics and everything that goes on in the background to support every single person that's here was, oh, fuck, like I need more help. Oh, for sure. And the moment I kind of spoke that, I realized, which is, this is so funny. Isn't it funny how sometimes you ask for something and if you really, you know, 
if you really pray for it, you you really ask the question before you even realize, you know, before you even ask, the answer has been provided. Does anybody know what I mean? Have you ever felt totally in tune with a prayer or a longing for something? And as you speak it, you realize it's already been manifested. <laughs> that was my prayer <laughs> for support in our groups. Uh, as I asked it and I journaled on it and I prayed on it, um, I realized, oh, wait, <laughs> the day before, like literally the day before I drove down to Path of Love, we hired a new person on the team um, to be our mama bear. Her name's Katrina. She's graduated our teacher training uh, this July. And she's going to be our kind of enrollment person for all of our groups and trainings. And we need this mama bear loving energy to hold everyone who's applying and and uh, looking to attend a program with us. Because usually, you know, it's kind of, it's a big deal. It's a big decision. People feel nervous and anxious and they have a lot of questions. And I really want someone who can be there with their whole heart, warm and open and also be crazy organized. It's really hard. We've been looking for this person for a long time. And we just hired her the day before. <laughs> and it didn't even click for me all the way because I've been so frazzled and stressed and, you know, with this launch and all this crazy stuff we've been doing, you know, that not only has she graduated the Island Yoga Teacher Training with me, you know, she's super close to my heart, but she's also done Path of Love. She's <laughs> like done two groups, I think. And she's here in Motala assist or staffing, staffing the, the process right now. So like if I'm looking for, for support in groups and it's a specific type of support that I need that's really emotional and specific, like boom, oh wait, that person has already arrived. <laughs> and, you know, it was like ugh, when it, when that clicked for me on the on the level of the mind, I was I just laughed out loud. Like I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Thank you, universe. Like that was that was that was pretty, pretty amazing, pretty badass. Um and yeah, the I guess second or I don't know all the the epiphanies they they come at the same time I don't know I don't know what's the first and second and third and they're all equally important but um the other one that I've had and this is like a uh, probably an obvious one to anyone who follows me in social media that is that I I need to slow the fuck down <laughs> and I can also say that now and totally laugh because it's like what like how how can one person like squeeze this much in a day I don't even know like what I'm doing honestly <laughs> I have been working so hard this year I mean I've, I've I'm killing myself working it's 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 kind of crazy and of course with the launch of the new brand and the new community and all of that I've had this major excuse of like, of course it's intense now because it's almost launch. But we've had that all year, like for months. Like, oh my God, we're getting close to launch. We're getting close to launch. Like the pace that I've been operating on, it's just been, I, I don't think long-term it's something that I should look into sustaining. That's, let me just keep it that simple. Um, I need to slow down and not just, not in the level of like, oh, I'm burning out or something like that. No, like I, I really enjoy working hard. I enjoy keeping a high pace. I get bored really quickly if things are moving too slowly, um, for sure. But uh, do I need to work all the time? <laughs> and do I need to work at that high pace all the time? No, the answer to that is absolutely no, 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 no. Um, and that to-do list that I have of things, you know, it never ends. Like, you know, even if I check all of the things off in a day, I get kind of excited about sitting down at the end of the day and write my to-do list for tomorrow. Like, is that normal? I don't, I don't know. 
And I had this this moment of, you know, being here and everything is it's very intense and we move really quickly in terms of physically from place to place and we have very few breaks and it's, you know, it's intense and high paced that way. But everything we do is really slow. Everything we do is really slow and everything we do is is about guiding ourselves and all the participants into the body and just being really present in the body and be, being and completely listening to what is happening in my body right now and how does that shift when that thought arrives versus that thought or when i feel pressure about this deadline that i have coming versus doing this you know so it's just that 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 really gentle bringing everything back home for for real for for a reality check for for some perspective and for me it's been such a massive release just relief just to be in my body and have nowhere else to go <laughs> i mean really just to have nowhere else to go even like posting for the podcast i was like oh my god i got to pull up my phone now and do stuff <laughs> i don't want i don't want to do stuff because i have to do stuff and yeah on podcast day i fucking share that the podcast is out <laughs> <laughs> like that's not you know rocket science it's pretty pretty simple and easy but um but like just because I kind of had to do it because it's podcast day I gotta share that the podcast is out I was like I don't want to feel pressure to do anything um <laughs> and in my life like of course I have pressure to do stuff all the time and and I, I want to take some of that pressure off that's that's been a, a big realization for me this week and and have have my life move at a more normal pace. And the reason why, also in my home life, like at home when I'm at home in the house, the only times that I have when I'm not working is when I'm with the baby playing. Uh, so she, you know, she's just such a, oh, she balances everything in my life. And I don't, you know, I don't want to have a computer or a phone or like, you know, I don't want to be working when I'm with her. So I have these moments throughout the day, long moments uh, of just long stretches of play and long stretches of presence or, you know, logistical things and being around the house or cooking or putting her to bed and all that stuff. Uh, so, so that's beautiful. And I'm so grateful for that. But what that means is, uh, I, I still do as much, <laughs> you know, it's not like, Oh, I'm, I have a whole day. I'm with the baby. So I, I'll, you know, cut down on what I'm doing today. No, I still do everything. I just squeeze it all in, <laughs> in the times in between. So like early in the morning before she's woken up during her naps or at night when she's sleeping, um, which just means that I'm on all a day, right? And those moments should be moments of break for me. There should be moments where I sit down in peace and just eat the meal that I prepared or, you know, like like the moments of just peace and, and, and relaxing and resting, and, uh, and I'm not giving myself space for that. I just, I'm absolutely not. So that's a big epiphany for me. And also kind of realizing that, you know, even this week, uh, I haven't felt stressed about anything work-wise. Like, you know, I've step, stepped away from everything. Um, every night I'm kind of checking in with the team and I'm giving final approvals for things. And, you know, I, I think what I'm doing <laughs> while at Path of Love, spending like 16 hours a day with participants doing crazy stuff, I probably have a normal, have had a normal work week. <laughs> I don't know. I think I have gotten as many things done as a pretty standard, you know, maybe like 30 hour work week. I don't know. <laughs> And it's just, I, I feel really grateful to have a super, I mean, I have a superstar ability. We call it like the superhero ability. 
and super quality um, to multitask and be efficient and get shit done. So um, yeah, what I want to do in my life is just get smarter about how I do that. So it's not spread out over a whole day, which becomes a whole week, which becomes a whole month, which becomes six months without a fucking break. No, that's not cool. I don't want to live like that. So hoping that um, next week's podcast, I won't be sitting there listing all the ways I'm so busy, um, but instead maybe listing all the ways that I made space for play and rest that week. (laughs) Let's see. Um, Man, okay. So the other epiphanies that I've had, some are super intimate. I'm not going to share all of them. But a really big one, and this has been one that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, if, if you're like me and you're kind of on this personal development track or um, the inner healing path or however you want to call it, if you're a searcher, I guess, um, you probably know what your major things are, you know, like what are your your big pieces of, of, of lack in life or your, your, you know, your moments you've had to overcome or uh, traumas or, you know, death and divorce and things that have come your way that might have shaped you and some things linger or maybe they even hold you back. So I know my stuff and especially the big picture stuff and it shows up again and again and I've been working with that a lot. Um, And something that's been so interesting for me is this week I have been so, you know, in my own sense, in my own body, in my own, in my heart, I guess, been super present with my dad. And my dad and I were, were close, but not, not in an intimate way. I don't know how to explain it. Um, you know, we, we talk fairly often. Uh, we're always, you know, we don't fight. We, we have dinners and we hang out when we see each other and it's all fine. Um, but, but my dad is not an emotional guy. <laughs> Let me just, yeah, I'm not going to go into super detail, but he's just not an emotional guy. So whenever things come our way, whether it's super joy or super pain, he is, he's a little bit or very distant and, and, and at times really shut off from, um, yeah, from, from, from deep emotions. And I am completely the opposite of that, right? I feel everything in all the time and I want to talk about feelings. And if something's in the way, I want to move through it. And, um, and, 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 you know, things that have kind of been present in my childhood with him and, um, moments where I felt unsupported or that he's been really distant and also physically, you know, he lived in a, in a different country separate from me for the majority of, of, of my childhood. So yeah, we have, we have this big separation between us. Um, but all the work that I do, you know, all the, all the stuff and path of loves and the other groups and things that I've done, the, the emotional work has been really centered around my mom. <laughs> and that's kind of where the, the big stuff, it sits there. Uh, you know, so I've, I've been, done a lot of work there and I've kind of resigned to the, the, the fact, I guess, that just, oh, you know, my dad, like we don't, he's pretty distant and we're not like super close in every, you know, in every way. And also he has little kids now, which is something that I hated for a really long time. So Lea Luna has an aunt that's six weeks older than her and an uncle that's two years older than her, <laughs> which of course is, 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 uh, yeah, it is what it is. But Um, so, you know, so he's not present as a grandpa, you know, the way my mom, of course we've, we've had our struggles and we still have our struggles, but, uh, if there's one, you know, super amazing piece of our relationship is that she's the best fucking grandma in the world. Like she's one of Looney's favorite people. Um, they FaceTime pretty much every day. You know, she's super present in my life and super present in the baby's life. And with my dad, I, I don't have that. Like he's a, he's a dad to little kids. So he just, he's, I don't know. He, he never, 
never never stepped into the grandpa role, which of course is a super sad thing for me. And um, yeah, and some, and I've known I've known that that's been kind of a like a wound for me, and it's been hard. And you know, I'm sure you can imagine like I'll send like like I'll send my dad a gorgeous or super funny video of the baby. And instead of, you know, sitting with that and holding that and sending some love back or commenting on how she's grown or, you know, he just sends a video or a photo back of his kids, which, you know, is fine. It's not like I, you know, I don't have any, you know, there's, they're they're my half siblings and I love them and, and all of that. But sometimes it would be nice if he could just be grandpa, like even for five minutes, like it would be nice if he, you know, came and spent time with the baby alone, but that's never happened. And it probably won't happen. And this work that that we're doing, it's not about changing other people or changing major dynamics and relationships. It's about what does this trigger in me, right? What does this trigger in me? And if it triggers sadness or anger or frustration, how can I allow myself to sit with that and to feel that and to realize that, you know, if I feel anger there or, you know, I get pissy with him or whatever, probably because I'm underneath all of that, I'm just sad you know, and, and I miss him and, and I, and I want Leoluna to have a grandpa the way I had my grandpa all my life. And the way my grandpa was so important to me. And I feel like right now, like she doesn't have that at all with him and it, and it hurts me, right? It saddens me. So underneath all of that, of the pain or the frustration or the anger or whatever, there's this big, big, big space of just love. Um, and whenever I can tap into that, then I don't get upset. You know, it's just like, oh, I can just sit with it, kind of the isness of the moment. Like it just is what it is. He is, you know, isn't the most emotional guy. And probably it's really hard for him to have all these kids and, and, and new, you know, really young kids and really old kids and, and to be a grandpa. And, you know, it's probably really hard for him. And this is the best he can do. And that's okay. But this big epiphany that I had this week, um, part of my, uh, my work as an assistant is that I, uh, in a way, uh, I, I, I physically support the participants in our group which means just kind of a little, yeah, physically supports me. It's like a little, a hand on the shoulder or a little reassurance or um, just, just kind of like how you, how you have a physical assist in a yoga class Uh, that, but uh, in, in an emotionally supportive way where you're not doing yoga. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. Um, But anyway, and then on the first, first, first day that we were kind of doing the work, I found myself really centered around um, supporting the women. Really, like so, so easy for me, really, it's so easy for me to support a woman. Um, you know, if, if any woman who's, you know, if you have a, an issue or a problem or you're emotional, you're sad, you're crying, you're angry, whatever, I can show up for you. I can be super present with you. I can listen to you. I can put my hands on you to give you some reassurance and to help ground you and settle you. Like supporting a woman moving through anything is so easy for me, probably because I have a lifetime of experience doing it, (laughs) you know, not a big shocker there. And I found myself just, you know, gravitating toward the women and feeling really like it's really easy to do that. And then the area where the men were sitting, I just, it took a couple of hours for me to realize like, oh, wait, like I'm not moving in that area as much. And I'm kind of walking around the space all the time. I'm, I'm kind of, there, it's like there's this kind of invisible barrier over there that I'm, you know, I'll go there, but I, I won't linger. I'm just kind of floating in and out. And I just realized, oh, there's something inside of me that, that feels awkward or that feels 
mm, unsure or that feels, yeah, I, I couldn't really pinpoint the feeling, but I just noticed in myself, like I was uncomfortable spending as much time over, yeah, supporting the men. And because I had that feeling, you know, and this is what we do in Path of Love, like, oh, there's something there. Mm, I know there's a key there. <laughs> there is something there. Like, oh, I don't know what it is, but it's something that, I, that I'm about to uncover about myself, like something I'm about, I'm about to learn. So even though I felt uncomfortable, I kind of moved through that and I went and I, you know, and in all the ways that I could, um, gave some really, you know, kind of serious emotional support to that, to the men in the group. And the entire time moving through that, um, I felt really uncomfortable. Um, not in the, in a sense of like, oh, something was wrong or off, just that, you know, and it, it took a while for me to settle and I kind of made myself stay there and made myself be really present. And, and then it just hit me like, oh, you know, of course I know how to do this for a woman because I had that practice with my mom and, and kind of, uh, you know, having a mom that, that was really emotional my whole life and still is. Um, so, so I know what that's like. And then having a dad who's the opposite of that, right? I, I've never held space for my dad to feel. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to support a man moving through something heavy and difficult. I have no practice doing that, <laughs> you know, and even like the participants that we have to come to our groups, they're majority women. Um, it's not like if we have a man, I ignore him or, you know, no, 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 no. It's just, I, I, I've never realized this in myself that I gravitate toward, uh, towards supporting women more than supporting men. Um, and it was just, it was just so beautiful to sit with that and realize my own discomfort because it was new, right? Because it was totally new and because it was foreign and, and just, oh, and, um, and then kind of the, the moment ended and, and I could sense just by being present there, holding that space, something is healing inside of me. Like there's a separation there or, you know, with, with maybe feeling like my dad isn't emotionally available all the time. There was something in that, like a little wound in me that was healing. Like I could feel it. It was like something was just kind of closing in a beautiful way in my own heart. And then I was crying. I mean, it was really, really, really oh, intensely beautiful. So beautiful. And then, uh, and then I had that, and this has been my process this week has been, has been with a masculine has been with a masculine with, uh, and I felt my dad super present and kind of thinking about him. And, you know, I landed in Sweden like 10 days ago. We haven't like, you know, even spoken or called each other or, you know, like, Hey, what's up? Like you're, we're in the same country, nothing. And again, I felt this, oh, this, this strange kind of almost like, oh, like I want to run away from here. Why? You know, this is. And I, and I forced myself to stay. And the longer I stayed, the more I could feel this sense of wholeness within myself. Oh, it was, it was very, very surreal. I, I have, it's hard for me to explain in detail, especially when I can't explain kind of what we do in, in detail and things like that. It was so fucking beautiful. And then, you know, as the days progressed, and this is so, so funny, I started having these realizations and a lot of other things that have come up about my dad and some heavy things. And I've been working through that a lot. And it wasn't until like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe day two or something. And it really clicked with me, this, this thing with my dad and my mom and how beautiful. I mean, really, like if, when I think of my own upbringing, I got to have, you know, on my left, on my left side, you know, this, this mom that had this big emotional need. And I was put in a place where I, I, I had to be there for her. And it's not a bad thing. You know, it showed up and manifested itself as like, you know, complicated things for me in the future when I, when I got older, but what a blessing, 
right? I mean, I, I don't think that any of that was a coincidence or, you know, wish that that hadn't happened and la la. You know, that was what that was. And it gave me all the tool to, tools to do the work that I do today. And I am really fucking great <laughs> at holding space for emotional healing. I mean, yeah, I mean, really, especially when it comes to women. Like there's all the things I learned from a lifetime of being my mother's daughter. Like, thank fucking God. And I have that in my left hand. And in my right hand, I have this, you know, the opposite with my dad. Um, and I got to experience all of that. You know, what is it to have this almost too muchness on one side and then too little, right? Like not enough at all on the other side. The duality of that, of this emotional almost, yeah, this emotional distance and then this emotional too muchness with me in the middle balancing these two complete opposite things. It, <laughs> it made me into who I am right? It made me into who I am. And yeah, of course, like if I can step back and kind of, oh, I wish I had a mom who didn't try to kill herself several times and who wasn't depressed. <laughs> yeah, of course, that would have been great. And I wish I had a really emotionally available dad <laughs> who's really close to me and who's showing up in my life as a great grandpa and, you know, who didn't separate from me and who didn't live in another country and who was really there and held space for my feelings and, you know, told me that he loved me all the time. Like, yeah, that would have been great. That's just that's not what it is. That neither of these things. That that just wasn't what it was, and it wasn't supposed to be that way. I would not be able to live this life and to do the work that I do, and to be where I am if it wasn't exactly the way it was. And I've had, of course, that realization many times uh, with different specific things. But I just, for the first time in my life, I got to sense this complete wholeness of the feminine and the masculine the mother, the father, and me in the middle, and everything that I always thought I lacked and everything I always you know, felt was too much and, and not great and shitty and all of that. Um, I just got to sit with that today, working with this group and, and feeling how, how I move with women and with men. And it's been so beautiful. And then, and then I know, I think day two or three, you know, I was, I, I had that big moment of, whoa, you know, and so much inside of me is healing now. And I was really thinking about my dad. And, and then I was thinking about our, our lineage and generations behind him and my grandfather and great grandfather and kind of how, yeah, there is this, you know, neither of the, the, the men in my family have been, you know, super emotionally available. That's just hasn't, that's not our family. It's just not what it is. You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I'd like to share with you one of my best tips for having the best day ever. Um, it's not really much of a secret to have the best day ever. You have to have the best night's sleep ever. Like you, I have a really busy life. I'm a mom, a yoga teacher, a businesswoman, and I need every minute of good sleep that I can possibly get. And I know just how hard that can be. In fact, did you know that one third of Americans are not getting a good night's sleep? This is especially detrimental to those who live active lifestyles. Molecule, the mattress company, is here to change that. Molecule does not provide you with your average mattress. Their mattresses are air-engineered from the ground up to create the coolest sleep around. With maximum airflow up to three times the airflow of the nearest competitors, Molecule helps you stay cool to maximize your deepest, most restorative sleep cycles. Bring the best to your life, not only during your active days, but during the deep sleep of your nights as well. Built for active lifestyles, Molecule mattresses were designed with the support of renowned neurologists and sleep doctors, and they are the favorite of professional athletes across the country country. 
Just ask Olympic gold medalist Nastia Lukin, premier distance runners Ryan and Sarah Hall, Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson, and five-time Super Bowl winning quarterback Tom Brady about how they are getting the best sleep of their lives, thanks to Molecule. And rest easy knowing that Molecule mattresses are manufactured using patented technology that reduces emissions by 97% versus traditional manufacturing. Their foam is 30 pure US certified and manufactured in the USA. Try Molecule mattresses risk-free for 100 nights. If you're not getting the coolest sleep of your life, they will take it back, no questions asked. And now you can get $250 off of any Molecule mattress. Go to onmolecule.com slash yoga girl to begin getting the best sleep of your life. That's onmolecule.com slash yoga girl. Molecule, optimal sleep for optimal performance. Oh, we, we, and we do spend a lot of time, you know, working with women. And yeah, as women, collectively, we suffer a lot of fucking shit. We live in a patriarchal society that oh, that's bullshit. I mean, it really, really is. But there's a reason things became that way, right? So um, yeah, raising vulnerable boys, allowing space for, for emotion and feeling, um, <laughs> in boys and in men, the way we do for, for girls and women, it's crucial. I mean, it's so crucial. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. It's just, oh, oh I have goosebumps just, just sitting with this right now. <laughs> oh, 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 and then, oh, yeah, and this is kind of how it all culminated. And of course, I, you know, I, my role has been very silent this week, so I haven't been talking to participants either, but I had all this. So it's kind of like they have their process and I have my process. And and then yesterday, so uh, I guess day six, uh, day five, six, I don't know where we are. Um, suddenly my 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 dad reached out and he, he, we haven't spoken this whole time I was here and he was like, hey, and, and he shared a really, really good friend of his that he's known his whole life just passed away yesterday. And he just shared that. And then I, I was able to, you know, we were just texting and, and I was just sitting, you know, I said, how are you okay? Are you, how are you feeling? He's like, well, you know, it's life. So yeah, but like, you know, this is really heavy, you know, it's okay to feel sad. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And then again, I was like, you know, like I'm thinking about you and sending you love and I could kind of sense his hesitation on the other side and just kind of like, okay, this is the dynamic. This just is what it is. It's not easy to sit with pain, man, especially if you haven't practiced it. And I think what I'm just really moving with right now is we have to raise our babies in a way that allows for emotion to unfold and not label it as really bad and really good. You know, like when you're happy, everything is super great. So aim for happy all the time. When you're sad, stop it. You know, don't cry. Don't make a scene at the grocery store. Don't be angry. Um, we, we tend to, to label those emotions like like sadness and anger as, as uncomfortable or, you know, um, not appropriate or anger can be, you know, can be scary. It can be, I don't know, just think about that in your own life. How, how were you raised? Were you raised in a way where there was a healthy expression of anger in your family? And that's something that, you know, that shit doesn't just show up one day and we know how to deal with anger. We have to practice that. We have to have parents that, um, that allow for some healthy expression of anger and frustration, um, without putting a lid on it, you know, without saying like, we don't, don't yell, don't yell, lower your voice or, or, you know, validating that anger. Like if we get angry, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) 
be angry. Like if you feel angry right now, okay, can you, how can you honor that? Can you feel that? Can you acknowledge that? Maybe say, you know, I understand that you're angry right now. Yeah, I can feel that. And how can we move through it? Maybe with the body, maybe with movement, maybe with going into the garden and yelling, maybe punching a pillow. Maybe, you know, there's different ways, different ways to, to in a healthy way, release anger, but putting the lid on it and shaming it is not it. You know, it's not it. And we have to teach our kids this from when we're little, like when we're sad, you know, crying, it's not something shameful. It doesn't mean that something is wrong or you did something wrong or something you have to stop right away. And like, you know, let's distract and right away find happiness. Yay, yay, yay. You know, if sadness is there, it's there for a reason. So how can we honor that and find a great way to, to sit with sadness without feeling like it's the end of the world, you know, without feeling like it means that everything is crap and everything is over and now we're depressed. No, you know, chances are if we learn how to move through sadness and sit with sadness and let sadness be there is chances are lower that we're going to end up in a place where we're depressed because we get to actually release that heavy, heavy energy rather than keeping it swallowed inside and then it builds and then it builds. And then what was, you know, moments of sadness throughout an entire lifetime accumulates inside us. And then one day becomes just too big to bear and we can't fucking stop crying. And I'm, I'm thinking about this so much now that, uh, like, you know, having a toddler and allowing her to be a toddler, that shit is not easy. We, we don't have, we don't live in a society that's kind of built for that, <laughs> you know? Like if you throw a tantrum at the grocery store, like how do you manage that? How you, how do you find that balance between just parenting is really hard, allowing our kids to feel their feelings um, while existing in this world in some sort of <laughs> comfortable or you know uncomfortable way. I, I don't know if I have the answers to that. But I know what, what I'm practicing with her is rather than, you know, if there is an outburst or I don't I don't like the word tantrum, but you know, she's processing information and it's really hard or she yells and she screams. Um, I don't have to be so quick to, to shut her down, you know, to shut her off. I don't have to be so quick to kind of pick her up and distract, 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 you know? Um, so if she's sad or if she's sitting on the floor, or she's something, you know, I'll kind of kneel down next to her and I'll say, Hey, you know, are you sad right now? I understand. I understand that you're sad and maybe I'll address the situation like, oh, like today, uh, Jai took her toy and she was sad and I'll say, oh, did he take your toy? Oh, I understand. You know, I, I know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. You said it's okay. It's okay. Do you want to sit here for a while? We can be sad a little bit together and then maybe we'll sit and, you know, and of course she's only a year and a half. I don't know if she understands half of the things that I say, but I'll kind of let that moment be there. You know, I'll just give it a little bit of space and more often than not it's like 10 or 20 seconds and then sadness is gone and it's it's you know been replaced with like intense joy or something or shrieking or something else totally crazy but yeah that's at least that's my practice now as a parent is to not be so quick to react right so even if it's anger and it's really uncomfortable because we're in social situations and people are looking how can I just, you know, share with her that it's okay to feel that, that it's normal to feel that, um, and maybe validate that anger, you know, it's there for a reason, maybe kind of really just sit with it together and, and just, you know, be with her in that without letting her spin off into, you know, some, some crazy place. And yes, I am a new mom. I, I've, you know, she's a year and a half. Um, I've only done this once so far. So yeah, you know, you know, you don't have to, to, you know, I'm not sitting here thinking I'm holier than thou and the perfect parent. Like, no, parenting is fucking hard. 
but uh, I just wanted to share that that's what I'm what I'm practicing right now and I will I will continue sharing with you guys how that how that flows but more more now than ever I just sense the urgency of all of us as kids and adults as parents feeling our fucking feelings and if we're parents teaching our kids how to feel their feelings too we're not even teaching it they kids know how to feel their feelings it's more about not holding it back it's no more about not putting the lid on putting the lid on it it's more about um yeah not not kind of standing in the way or making them feel shamed or like they like wronged you know when they feel emotions that we have deemed negative or or bad um, so just letting letting kids be kids in a way that in a way that works, you know, and doesn't always not always easy, but in a way that works. And you can see that in a child, right? How when something like crazy happens and they get angry, how fast it passes. That's because kids act their shit out. <laughs> they don't swallow their stuff. They act it out. That's all they know. That's all we know until society and parents and whatnot tell us otherwise. It's all we know. So, yeah, and then it's kind of also what Path of Love is all about, is <laughs> feeling our feelings, feeling our feelings, feeling our feelings. And I feel just right now, I feel, hmm, I have, a, I mean, literally my, my list of epiphanies, it's very, very long, um, but I've already spoken to you guys for over an hour and it's midnight and I got to go to bed because I'm up at six in the morning, but <sighs> Right now, I just, speaking completely from the heart, I feel really privileged to be here. I feel really, really blessed to be here, honored, grateful. I, I feel like I've, I'm in a moment in my life right now where I've had just the right teachers appear. I've had the right path appear. And, you know, I think we have the right path, whatever it is. It's always there, but sometimes we need it just illuminated. We need someone to show the way or we need a little light bulb to just go off and be like, ah, there it is. And I feel like I've had that click. Like I know the direction I want to go. And with Yoga Girl and with the launch of the new platform and everything that's moving there, and it's giving me more space to explore, to explore a deeper space in my heart another epiphany I hope you won't get upset (laughs) is I don't know if I want to do social media anymore (laughs) I don't know I don't know I don't know what that's going to manifest or turn into but yeah I've had that was one of my epiphanies is not that I'm going to completely stop and never again you know share anything and I love the sharing. I love this podcast. I fucking love the podcast so much. It's my favorite platform. I love it. I love it. I love it. No bullshit. No filters. It's just real. Oh, I love it so much. Um, but there's something about kind of the the pressure of social media and, and kind of the ins and outs of it that, that, yeah, there's something there that's making me tired right now. So uh, I'll let that one cook for a little bit and I'll, I'll keep you guys posted for sure. But until then, just speaking completely from the heart, I'm just really grateful right now to be here. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you to uh, every single person here at Path of Love. I think like 60% of the group um, have come through either through my Instagram or through listening to one of the podcasts. So there's definitely a big yoga girl vibe happening over here. And I love that. Um, thank you to everyone. Oh, 
everyone holding space for these kinds of things to unfold. Talib and Shuba and Rafi and Turiya and everyone. Everyone on the Path of Love team. Um, if as you're listening, you feel a little something igniting in you, like you're interested to learn more about Path of Love, um, maybe specifically. So um, we have a special, it's like a little affiliate link. So if you do sign up, um, let them know that you came to Path of Love through us. Uh, or you can use the link. Uh, we have it on the website. I think it's yogagirl.com slash path of love. Um, I'm going to just confirm that and make sure. Uh, and why that is, is we get a little kickback every single time someone joins path of love and we use it so we can send people here. There is a scholarship fund for path of love, which is beautiful. Um, and we get to kind of accumulate, um, the little commission that we make from, from supporting the path of love team, uh, and allowing people who really need it, um, to be here. And specifically, I would love to send some members from our team, um, so yeah, so if you end up going or booking, uh, just let them know you came through us. Um, and if you want, join me and Shuba next year. It's going to be in March. It's Healing the Heart. Uh, we have limited spots, but it's going to be different, 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 deep, 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 deep. So maybe I'll see you soon. If not, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Parachute, The Farmer's Dog, and Molecule. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>